Hey everyone, just wanted to give everyone an update on what happened with this episode. So essentially, my computer crashed. Therefore, we weren't able to uh, get the episode out in time, and there was a lot of concern that we weren't even going to have an episode. But luckily, I was able to recover quite a bit, so today you will be getting the Mando review, the Mandalorian review, season 2, episode 4, chapter 12 review, that's right. And the news of the week. In terms of the news of the week, that episode, we lost about half an hour worth of actual taping. Um, So we will be covering some additional news later on this week. Uh, So apologies there, but it it is what it is. The computer is completely fried, so we'll have to be uh, a little more creative in the next coming weeks. Uh, But overall, everything is okay. We were able to recover the hard drive, so that's the important part. Um, So that's that. So enjoy this week's episodes. Have you ever worried that you might be the cool kid you wear the latest fashions on top of all the trends? Or have you ever worried you were too much in the mainstream, always so generic, more normal than your friends? Well, we've devised a test to put to rest your fears. There's no need to panic if you lend us your ears. Tonight you can't sleep easy after all that you've heard. Cause if you like the show, then you're probably a nerd. Podcast where we talk about all things, everything. We talk about all things movies, all things comic books, all things toys, all things books, all things Star Wars, all things Mandalorian, all things Lego. And the best part of it all is, is that it's all in canon. I don't know why I'm going so fast. I'm just amped for this new episode. As always, I am your host. I am Boris. And this week, I'm only joined by one. I'm joined by the one, the only, the Phil. Hey everybody, how you doing? I'm gonna calm it down even though I'm drinking a horrible energy drink. <laughs> oh man, what a Sunday, what a snowy Sunday. It is finally snowing here in the great white north in the Toronto and area. The GTA, the greater Toronto area, the GTAA, Southern Ontario, whatever you want to call it. It's snowing. How's it snowing where you are, Phil? It is absolutely craptacular out there, but it's nice because it's Christmas snow. You know what? And that's one thing, you know, let Christmas start early. You know, you cannot judge anyone in 2020 for starting Christmas early this year. If you do sit the fuck down because we've all had a shitty year. We've all had it. We're all going back into lockdown here in Toronto. Let us have Christmas. Let us be happy. Let us reflect. Let us be joyful. Just let us be us. You do you, people. You do you. That was the most angry, joyful I've ever heard. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) You know what? The streets are bare, but the snow is piling up. It's it's really, the the city uh, has really gotten out there and done their salting or their liquid salt or whatever it is that they do. I saw the lines on the road yesterday. And I'm very happy about that because it's kind of the best of both worlds. You get the, the snow and not so much of the road 
you know, slush buildup, right, and whatnot, you know, that first snow. Yeah, and because we're all going to be in lockdown, a lot of people aren't going to be working. You know, there won't be a lot of cars on the road. Cars on the road. Um, you know, I got to take my, ang- not my anger, my angst back a couple steps because apparently it can get me into trouble, Phil. Did you know that? I have uh, been witness to that a couple times <laughs> in my life. <laughs> We're talking podcast Boris and uh, personal life Boris. I, I, I've seen it, yeah. <laughs> I mean no ill will half the time. I, I, I'm a happy-go-lucky person. You know, it is what it is if sometimes. If people, like, like this show, I know we talk about the personalities that we have on air and whatnot, which are r- relatively representative of our own personalities. Like, there's, if anything, we hold back on the show. And I just think that, you know, it really is, you can take it at at face value. We are just joking around, trying to make our way through life um, and having as much openness, transparency, and fun that we can have all at the same time. So I don't think that there's really any ill will towards some of the jokes we make. A lot of them are inside jokes, and we try to include the audience along into that. Now, last week, we were talking about a short, the Short Circuit reboot. And, you know, part of the headline and throughout the article, it said a Latin X family. Um, and that is, you know, the new way, the new, the new age way to call Latino and Latin people. Um, there's a whole reason why I didn't get into it in, to, in the episode. But because Latino is very male, uh, they wanted to have a more general open name hence latin x and mm. apparently it, to a listener it sounded like i refused to use that term because fu social justice warriors um so we got a nice little email essentially yeah. they think that i was being rude um they said that the Latin X community has worked very hard to be identified as such, and it would be great if you respected all Latin X peoples. Hey, Phil, want to know something cool? Yeah. Um, I'm I'm thinking that you're Latin, my friend. I am Latino. Yeah. Um, y- you're Latin X. Yeah, I am. Oh, ho, 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 sorry, I am Latin X. Um. Yeah. So... Sorry, I'm trying to use the new the new word. <laughs> and it's not it's that new I re- to me. It, uh, it's not that I refuse I heard to it. use it. It's that it's it's a term that's out there that you know it just it's not in my everyday vocabulary. Me being a Latino, we are Latinos. I'm a you know it's 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 going to take some training for me to be you know politically correct in this realm. Um, but for those of you, you know, and, and for Jason himself, he can uh, listen to exactly what I said. Yeah, because I, I think that the conversation, and that was the funny thing when you shared the, the email, was we all kind of scratched our heads and said, uh, that wasn't what you said. Yep. Like, un- unfortunately, um, this listener, who who generally comes across to me like he's trying to, to be, and he is a nice guy, he just got really upset about what he thought he heard. And I don't think that that's what you actually oh. said on the show. Yeah, and and to further that, we're gonna play it right back so that our listeners can hear what I said. 
so one thing that did come up is this kind of made me laugh. Um, and I don't know exactly what to think of this. And that is that the Short Circuit franchise, awesome mm. movie, filmed in Toronto. It's getting a reboot as a Latinx family film. I don't know exactly what that means. What? But there we go. Latin X, like Latinos. That's what. Yeah, yeah. that's the the, the, the that's the proper, proper pronoun now for yeah. all right for Excellent. Latinos. I learned something. I've never used it for myself, but people use it. And good on you. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I've had the specifics behind it explained, and it made yeah. sense to me it, it, as it a makes not sense. not not like I'm I'm very white. Yeah, so it I'm makes like, sense. Cool. It makes sense to me. It really does. Yeah. It yeah. really really does make sense to me. Um, especially for a language where, you know, you have to be very distinct on male, female. So, you know. Yes. Or very, not distinct, yeah. very certain on male, female. So, it makes sense. And there you have it, Phil. That's exactly what I said. So, one thing that this listener wanted was an apology. And, well, mm-hmm. you know, in my heart of hearts, I feel it's only fair to speak to Jason. I am sorry. If you didn't understand or hear me out, I am sorry for calling all Latinx people Latino, even though I am one. Jason, please, 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 please keep listening to this podcast because without you listening, we are going to go under. Without you specifically listening, I don't know what Phil, Tyler, or myself are going to do. So, Jason, If you find it in your heart, please forgive me. I am sorry to you and to you alone. I'm going to be the moderate one here. (laughs) And say that Jason was just very passionate about what he thought was an injustice. And it clearly, to me, was not. But I can understand maybe... Because it is new. It is a new, and it's obviously being thought about and given a great deal of concern. Um, and I'll try to use that term going forward, respecting and understanding it. So that's good. I, I just didn't, I, I didn't even get out of our conversation the whole, we alluded to it about the male-female possessive nature of the wording in the language. And I don't, I don't speak the language, and it's, it's not as prevalent here in Canada as it is when I travel in the States. So, um, yeah, I'll definitely be more sensitive about it. That's for sure. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's great to get the feedback. Really do yeah. appreciate it. That's all I can say. That's <laughs> me with my podcast hat on. Exactly. Honestly, thanks for the feedback. And, you know, if like all serious, all joking aside, you know, I didn't mean it in any other way than I don't use it because it's not the first thing that comes to mind. I never intended to say I refuse to use it. So, you know, Jason, if you're going to keep listening, keep listening. If you're not, well, thank you for listening and giving us those listens. Anyways, let's move on. All right, Phil, what have you been up to this week? I'm watching The Mandalorian, which we're going to hear tomorrow, uh, our breakdown of that. Uh, Yeah, we just had a great time talking about it this week with our our special guest, Ben, there, and, you know, all the great work that he does. And I'm like I say, I said in the opening, 
right now I'm drinking an energy drink that I just want to write an email, an angry tweet to Coca-Cola about how terrible this is, this Coke Zero energy drink that tastes like brown Red Bull. It is, that's the best way that I can describe the taste of this thing. And I'm, I'm, yeah, pretty disappointed by it. Sorry, Coke. And yeah, I've been playing Animal Crossing. I've been doing my geek stuff, you know, yeah. the regular, the regular work up, work up for, for me in my spare time. Yeah. When I mean, I'm not doing that full-time job thing. Oh yeah. We do have full-time jobs, huh? Yeah. Sometimes I yeah. forget about that. Hmm. What have I been up to? Yeah. It's kind of Groundhog Day every day. Yeah. You what know? have I been up to? Oh man. Always in the same spot. I've yeah. been playing PlayStation 5 here and there. I've actually been replaying Spider-Man, the remastered version. Tons of fun. I never played the, the DLCs, so actually going through the DLCs have been a lot of fun. I'm in part two of three of the DLCs, and then I'm going to jump into Miles Morales. But, you know, it's we're leading into Black Friday. And, okay, so here's where kind of geek culture can be a little difficult. Because I'm a huge advocate for buying local, you know. Here in Toronto, they have this mm. saying, buy local or buy local, as in they're leaving. Um, especially right now here in the Toronto and Toronto area, a lot of stores are going into lockdown. So you're, they're only going to be available and open for a curbside pickup. Um, they won't be able to have anyone in the stores Um so, you know, it's, it's worse. I feel like I'm, as a geek, stuck between a rock and a hard place because you want to go to these local stores. Um, but, you know, w when it comes to geek stuff, sometimes it's really hard to do so. Uh, but, you know, if you do have the opportunity to go to your uh, local geek shop, please go. I know that here in Mississauga, Gotham Comics will be open uh, because for somehow they were able to be considered an essential service so they Ooh. are uh going to be open so if you are in the toronto area go to gotham comics it is honestly the best one of the best if not the best comic book store awesome staff helpful staff great back catalog and if you're a collector there's just so much gold in there um so the reason why i feel like i'm stuck between a rock and a hard place is because you know <sighs> Black Friday sales are on right now in these major box stores, and it's just convenient to order online, especially with the pandemic. And, you know, the issue with local mom and pop shops is that a lot of them don't have websites for you to um, place an order for curbside pickup. So it's really hard. Um, but Best Buy have already started their Black Friday sales, and I was able to pick up... Um, FIFA 21 for 40 bucks and squadrons for 25 bucks. So I kind of like, you know, with my birthday in a couple days, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to treat myself. So I picked up those As two games should. and, uh, yeah, you know, I've been playing that. Um, uh, but again, I, I, I will say that, you know, uh, this weekend I've tried to go out as much as possible to, pick up some stuff that I will need um, and I'm trying to go to these mon shops and I know that on the internet there's a lot of apps who are trying to get these mon shops up and running uh, so if you do have a small store and if you are affected by any lockdown shoot us an email shoot us yeah. a tweet let us know where you are and we'll, we'll get the word out there for people um, because you know it's very true you know it's 
buy local or buy local. Um, you know, this is kind of like we're at that fork and people have to do the responsible thing um, or else we're going to keep being in lockdown. And the fur- longer and further this goes, unfortunately, the more we're going to see stores close. Um, and it's just an unfortunate thing. And I know I'm jumping back and forth a lot right now. But uh, just wanted to kind of bring this up as well while talking about, hey, there are sales on. But whatever you can do, just go to your local shops. They need you now more yep. than ever. Yep, 100%. I'm 100% behind that. Uh, if you do have a local shop, let us know. If you want some help with that, we'll promote it on air. And we'll promote it through our social media and uh, get you as much exposure as we can. Because it is true, I think that that's a really good catchphrase to buy local or buy local, right? It's very impactful and it's very true. Now, that being said, FIFA 21, I was taking a look at my phone today and I happened to notice that FIFA 21 is now absolutely free on Xbox Game Pass. Oh, ooh. Yeah, oh. so I just got it for free. Nice, very nice, <laughs> very nice. Which I was already playing it for free because I had EA Game Pass, but I guess Game Pass has decided since it's probably the biggest video game in the world, it's probably the most revenue-generating video game in the world, like the most revenue-generated off of all these FIFA packs and whatnot that I've never bought and never will. They're giving the base game away on Game Pass yeah. for however long. But I think that's a great way that I'm going to get to play my Toronto FC or whoever else in the world I want to play for free. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm a happy camper. I was actually talking to someone yesterday and they're like, I pre-ordered FIFA for the first time. And, um, you know, because they wanted these extra credits for FIFA Ultimate Team. I've never played Mm -hmm. along that scheme um, but apparently it's very addicting. So he's like, uh, I now know where people can spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on this stuff. So there we yeah, go. It was, it's never been a core component for me. And in, in fact, in the past few years, what I've done strategically is to not purchase a game one releases in September, have the fortitude to wait until black Friday because it always goes on sale Black Friday for 40 bucks. And I refuse to pay 79 99 or whatever the price is here in Canada. I refuse to pay that when I know it's going to be 40 bucks on black Friday. Yep. That's how I got death stranding last year. That's how, you know, there's, there's a lot of really aggressive online sales for that. Unfortunately, that's that industry. But like we're, you know, like we're saying, if you have the choice to buy something off of Amazon or buying it local and it's competitively priced, buy local. You yeah. know, like give those mom and pop shops a, a real chance at surviving this year. It's been terrible for everyone, but mostly for those people who don't get the chance to work from home. If they can't open their storefronts or be serving customers, then they really get hurt. And yeah. there's only so much rent that you can put off before it catches up to you. So I hope all these stores survive. Exactly. Um, Yeah, so that's FIFA. Uh, Yeah, every year I wait now until... Because I remember a couple years ago when I rebought my PlayStation after my original got flooded. um, I rebought FIFA mid-November. I didn't even think twice about it. And, And I know better. I knew better. It just, you know, heat of the moment. It was one of those things that I just bought it for regular price and then literally a week 10 days later 
it's down to 40 bucks. Um, but for previous years, I've been waiting for at least Black Friday because it always goes on sale at that time. All the sports games do. Um, you know, if a game is released in September, October, November, Black Friday, it's always going to be on sale in some shape, way, or form. Um, even the Avengers game, you know, the much... Oh, yeah. um, uh, <laughs> infamous Avengers game is down to forty bucks right now. So, um, and I will admit, I will admit that I purchased that too. Oh my goodness! Yeah. I, I was thinking about birthday it. Pre- it was a birthday present. It was a birthday present. It was a birthday present. I heard not, the, not the, for me. the single player campaign is 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 actually okay. And to be honest, with those types of games, that's mostly what I end up playing. Mm-hmm is those single player uh, experiences and I don't really get into the online thing. So I see the value of a game in a very different way. Whereas I think most people end up doing the online stuff. And if that experience doesn't, you know, measure up, then they completely abandon the title, which it appears most people have done in terms of the lobbies and the Twitch streams and the active players in it. Yeah. But it's too bad for Square Enix or whatever that parent company is called that we talked about with their struggles because it it failed to impress on so many levels. And I know that they're committed to fixing it. I just think that they're really dragging their feet right now. (laughs) It needs to get fixed. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Oh man, we are heading into holiday season, man. It's, it's crazy. I can't believe we're already here. This year feels like it's just dragged on forever, but it also feels like it's just flown by. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, Time has no meaning. <laughs> it's I'm 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 surprised that we're almost to December, but time has no meaning this year. I I just remember working from home in March, and now it's December, and the climate is still the same in my studio slash bedroom slash man cave, and yeah, it just feels like the same as March. Only you know I can't open the window because it's so freaking cold out. <laughs> yeah, then to think <laughs> that what ten days. Nine ten days ago, it was almost thirty degrees Celsius out there. Yeah, crazy time of year, but it's always like that, and that's when we get sick and and kind of run down and whatnot. So, knock on wood. Hey, all this staying home stuff has meant that I'm not getting colds or sniffles. So yeah, let's keep that up and no no corona. So yeah. I'm I'm hoping our our neighbors to the south have a very uh, safe Thanksgiving and. Um, yeah, I know you have a lot of family down there and whatnot, and uh, it's not a great situation what's going on down there, but uh, I hope everybody has a great holiday and uh, stay safe. Yeah. Kudos. Oh. Kudos likewise there. Um, and while you are gearing up to spend Thanksgiving with your immediate family, you know what you should do, Phil? You know what our American listeners should do? What's that? They should listen to our... Star Wars Lego Christmas Holiday Special Review and Analysis Episode. That's right. This week, we on Wednesday, we are going to be releasing our review um, and chat about the Star Wars Lego Christmas Holiday Special. Yeah, I'm excited. I watched it already. I'm going to have to watch it again and do a breakdown like we were discussing with The Mandalorian. Um, it's a little less heavy and a little less canony. Yeah, yeah. Um, but these episodes, like, if you haven't done so, be sure to check out Disney Plus in that Star Wars section. There's a lot of Lego uh, Star Wars All-Stars and things like that. 
This stuff is absolutely hilarious. It parodies, you know, the the original like the original Star Wars stuff, and it's very kid accessible as well. Yeah. But there's a layer of humor that's targeted right at Star Wars fans of any age, and just the whole idea that this Christmas special exists as 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 kind of a mockery to the original Christmas special. I love that Disney are running towards this instead yeah. of what Lucas always did in running away from it. Yeah. And I think that it's the best way to treat this with life day and all this stuff. They, you know, they went full on into it. So I can't wait to, to get all sweaty about that. Right. So it's funny because it's one of those things where I've always said, like, you know, for a lot of companies and a lot of people, it's always good not to take yourself too serious. You know, there's no point in taking yourself overly serious because well, why, you know, um, Interestingly enough, there is a documentary, not Disney, um, I guess, backed um, or approved. Uh, there is a documentary being filmed and recorded right now around the original holiday, holiday special. Um, mm. They've contacted us, and I don't even think I've told you this, so this is news to you, nope. I'm sure. Uh, they've contacted us. And uh, we might be doing a little something, something in the future with them. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of cool because like you said, you know, for those of you who don't know, George Lucas essentially ran away from it. This happened. They did the special and he essentially made them burn this reel so that it now no one yeah. can see it again. Well, it does exist on YouTube yeah. uh-huh. if, you're, if you search it out. Um, I, I went back, you know, not too recently or maybe last year after the Mandalorian buzz, I went back and watched all the original Boba Fett animated segments of it. I found the rest of that show was very painful. Um, and that was really probably two or three years ago. My first time really seeing it with fresh eyes on YouTube. Uh, yeah, George was not happy with this. It was a complete sham, you know, from what the, 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 the back talk is you know he felt that it was very disingenuous to star wars and it was more so like a a corporate commitment to make this episode and it wasn't taken seriously by any of the production staff and whatnot and they just you know be arthur's in it come on like hey 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 such a bizarre dude casting no nothing against her no i know i know it's the golden girls baby i know I'm just saying, it's just such a weird thing. Like, sometimes you can cast someone in Star Wars that you'd never think should be in Star Wars. Like, like uh, the guy that was in the episode, the comedian that does F, F is for family. Yeah. Bill, Bill Burr or Bill whatever. Burr. You, you, you'd think, you know, he's just like, F Star Wars. I freaking hate it and all that kind of, you know, attitude. And then he's there in the episode. It's like Mark Maron doing the, the Joker. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he comes out so outspoken about stuff and then he's in it. And it worked well. But there are sometimes it doesn't work well, and I think that that holiday special illustrates, you know, kind of what the equal trilogy is. Like, a lot of non-planning, corporate decisioned weirdness. What's worse? <laughs> I have a question for you, Phil. What's worse? The holiday special, the original one, or Muppets Now? Mm. I'm going to go with... <laughs> the, the fact that you even have to think about this goes to show you how a die-hard, lifelong Muppets fan 
uh, takes and, you know, how he holds Muppets now in, you know, whatever. Uh, I'm going to say that that this Christmas special was the bigger debacle just because it was it was unintentional Muppets now tried something it didn't work but it tried something Mm -hmm. so for whatever reason Muppets were trending on Twitter yesterday I don't know why interesting maybe it's there's some kind of joke about the Muppet show and the current political atmosphere in the states I don't know but you know like Muppets now really missed the mark as we've discussed on the show many times. It just, you know, feels like a bunch of Twitter short films that involve Muppets. But I am seeing from the writers of Fraggle Rock for the new Apple TV Plus series, they are very excited about the stuff that they're writing right now for the upcoming season. Yeah. That's, you know, being greenlit by Apple, which kudos to them to resurrect this property. Yeah, and I'm super excited the idea that the kids are going to get to experience that again the same way that I did in 1985 or 86 or whatever <laughs> that was that was a big deal for me damn <laughs> my fraggles I keep forgetting how much older <laughs> you are than me yeah man like like Sunday night was the night you ran home from playing all day had dinner you sat down and Magical World of Disney was on on CBC and then after Magical World of Disney came on, you got your episode of Fraggle Rock. Yep. And that was a big deal, man. And it was it was it was broadcast across Canada, which I think like Canada was one of the few places that was showing it on public access cable. Yeah. Because it was an HBO thing yeah. or something in the states, like it it, 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 was, it didn't get it was cable. distribution. It was, yeah, it was cable. Yeah. So I'm like here it was just like it was a staple because it was partially it was filmed here in Toronto. So, you know, that's, there's so many remnant people in the Toronto area. If you worked on the Fraggles, we'd love to hear from you as well. Cause I'd love to have you come on an episode on a feature episode and talk about the experience of, of whatever contribution in whatever capacity you had for Fraggle Rock. Yeah. I think it's fascinating. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Remember in, so my earliest memories, um, of Wide World of Disney, or whatever that was called, on CBC. Mm. And then after that, it wasn't Fraggle Rock. It was, remember that TV show with Jerry O'Connell, My Secret Identity, or something like that? Yeah, yeah, I recall those something are, about that. Yeah, those are my memories of CBC on Sundays. That's yeah, like and late, you know late 80s, early 90s type thing. Early 90s. Yeah, at that point, I was starting to grow out of running home, and I was like, hey, look, I got hair growing in funny places. <laughs> Certain areas stink worse than they ever did. <laughs> oh my god! Oh man! Yeah, well, you know, we all go through it. <laughs> <laughs> um, mind you, coming from the guy who said he needed to go to the bathroom to spend some alone time talking about the last Mandalorian episode, what do I? What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That was that was a great admission. <laughs> Um, all right. So, yeah. So, we're in the holiday season. The holiday stretch. The, ho- the final stretch to the year is happening. And Warner Brothers and HBO made an announcement of something, something happening on Christmas. That's right. Since its original intended release date of 2019, 
then moved to June, then to August, then again to October. <sighs> Feels like I'm, I'm running out of breath just talking about this. And then we are now settled on December 25th, 2020 for the official release of Wonder Woman 1984. And it will be coming to you in movie theaters and HBO Max. Man, that's bold. Yeah. They're so trying to sell some subscriptions. Well, here's the funny part. And I love this because I don't know if you've seen the official uh, media poster, media info of uh, this uh, new announcement. Um, it says, in theaters, December 25th, 2020. Then on the right, it says, and on HBO Max. My favorite part about all of this is that it flat out says in the title card, film will be available at no extra cost to the HBO Max subscribers. So it's like, fuck you, Disney. Did you read further? Huh? Because it only says that it's available for a limited time on HBO Max. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know what their plans are, if it's just going to be on HBO Max for anybody to stream anytime they want, or if it's going to be available on HBO Max for a month and then put into play some other way. I don't know. Maybe there's other commitments about where they need to park that thing yep. in order to contractually do this. Yeah. Right. So it makes for a little bit of a confusing thing. Right. Yeah. And this, it, it, it's, it's really, I think, coming on the heels of Disney basically saying that they have about, what is it, 73 million subscribers on Disney Plus? 70 million plus, yeah. Yeah. So now HBO are kind of looking at that number and going, how do we get there? And this is a strategy. But here's the thing about HBO Max. It's only available in the States. While mm -hmm. here in Canada, they have that... Um, contract with Bell Crave. Media and Crave, they've already announced yeah. that Wonder Woman will not be available on Crave TV, that the only way you can see Wonder Woman 1984 here in Canada is to go to the movie theater. So there will be no streaming options available here in Canada. It's just exclusive to the USA. So to answer your question, yes, this is a way to get extra subscribers in their market. Um, and I, I kind of feel shafted for lack of a better term because mm -hmm. there's, well, f things are opening, re are reopening here on December 21st. I doubt that we're going to be in a position to reopen movie theaters in time for December 25th. Oh, come on. Even if they are open, are, who in the right mind is going to step a freaking toe carts into that theater? Yeah. <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like, it's just like dripping with COVID. Like, like look at what's happening now. It's it's just, it, it, it's, it's running rampant. We're at surge capacity. Hospitals are getting overwhelmed. Like, we're going into full lockdown here in Toronto. The state is in complete denial politically about the existence of this thing. Except for maybe the new, the new guy coming in. Uh, it, it's just like, why would you go to a theater with this? with this thing out there. Like yeah. there's no way I going to see like wonder woman on screen. And it's great. I like, I'm, I'm excited for the, for the movie, but I'm not that excited to risk my life. But here's <laughs> the thing about, um, 
Fuck, I forgot. I, I don't know where I was going with this. I'm probably dank and moist. Yeah, it's dank and moist. <laughs> let's let's do the rundown. Yeah, dank and moist theaters. One of our mutual friends probably going to watch it. Um, no. Oh yeah, this is where I wanted to go. So, you know, one thing if you look at trends in downloads and uh, the legality of the downloads, as streaming services were centralized on Netflix and Netflix alone. Um, the illegal streams, BitTorrenting, and what have you, numbers were actually going down. Mm-hmm. As Netflix was not the only player in the game, and exclusivity took over, and now we're seeing everyone and their mother, including NBC with Peacock, CBS with CBS All Access, HBO and all of their stations with HBO Max. Mm-hmm. You have Netflix, you have Hulu, you have Disney Plus, you have ESPN Plus, you have WWE Network, you have everything, and everyone has their own network at this point. Um, you know, we're seeing, and, and all of these streaming services have these exclusive deals on shows and shows leaving other platforms. So, for example, Friends. Last year, left Netflix in the States because they are going to be uh, an exclusive uh, to HBO Max. You're seeing um, The Office moving because of NBC Peacock. Uh, So what's happening is because it's not easy to actually pay for this stuff, people are torrenting and getting illegal streams of things all over again. So this move by HBO, Warner Brothers specifically, to kind of shaft Canadians into watching Wonder Woman to the point where it's borderline not available at all. Guess what? Guess how most people are going to be watching Wonder Woman? Yep. Unfortunately. Here's the crazy thing. I watched a John Campion show this week and he had a very, he had a placeholder episode because he was traveling. But he, it was something that he wanted to do a deep dive on. It was basically the idea that that uh, the new Scarlett Johansson, the Black Widow movie, went from it's never going to be on Disney Plus as, as in <laughs> yeah. the same way that Wonder Woman's going to be on, to now it's financially viable for Disney because they are shifting their entire strategy to streaming mm-hmm. for this very reason. Because the analytics show, and this is this is why it's important and where I'm bringing this, about friends and the office and things like that with Netflix, 70% of streamers want to watch old shows. Yep. They want to watch the, how I met your mother. Yep. They want to watch the office. They want to watch friends. They want to watch Seinfeld. They want to watch these really epic 10 season long kind of, uh, background music shows, big bang theory. Yep. All that kind of stuff. That's the majority of content. That's why Netflix are trying to get their own properties. But what does Disney go out and do? They spend $70 billion, pick up Fox, and instantly gain a catalog worthy of streaming. So everybody's watching The Simpsons. Everybody's watching all of this amazing content that they picked up and they acquired, and they don't have to pay any royalties. Whereas Netflix right now are actually in the hole operating they're making all kinds of billions of dollars but they're also owing all kinds of billions of dollars for the the rights to this stuff whereas you know like john breaks it down and says hey disney are poised by the end of 2023 if they keep this momentum up that they're going to be banking about seven billion dollars a year off of disney plus 
which is an absolutely huge impact to their bottom line because that is over and above any streaming costs and, and overhead that they have. This is pure money into their pocket. And Netflix aren't doing that, and it's all because they don't have to pay licensing fees. You know, and that's the momentum shifter. And it couples in now that this pressure is so high on movie theaters that what's happened is the movie theaters are negotiating now and dismantling the whole 90-day you-can't-stream-it. And they're now renegotiating these contracts. AMC have done it. Uh, I think Regal hasn't in the States. In Canada, we just have Cineplex, and they just announced this week that they are going to uh, what AMC have done, and that is it gets 14 days in the theater. If the bank isn't made, I think it's something like $50 million in those two weeks. If that condition isn't met, then it can go straight to VOD. Hmm. Yep, so specifically speaking... Cineplex has agreed to shrinking the theatrical window to 17 days um, with Universal movies. So specifically with Universal right now. Um, But this is, you know, now the dominoes are going to start falling. um, And it's 17 days, so three weekends worth. um, And... Under the terms of the Universal Agreement, films that pass 50 million U.S. at North American box office on opening weekend will play exclusively for 31 days or five weekends before Universal can choose to send them to premium on demand, which prices rentals at 19.99 or higher. Um, but movies that don't meet that threshold could play Cineplex theaters for a shorter period. That's where the 17 um, days comes into play. So I can see very similar agreements being made with other studios at this point so you know it's 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 strap on let's see what's going to happen but this is huge you know this is this is huge and for those of you wondering what movies universal has upcoming we're looking at f9 the fast and the furious we're looking at um the crudes a new age halloween kills the boss baby family business jurassic world dominion the forever purge no time to die 007 the 355 Candyman, old spirit untamed uh, minions rise of Gru. News of the World, Sing to the Bad Guys, Marry Me, and the movie adaptation of um, Wicked. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Like, Universal are, are one of the huge players yep. in all this, and, and they're, they're, you know, it, it, it's interesting to see, because now, like you say, like, Disney already own their own property. They've already made their own contracts. They've already negotiated all this, and they can do as they please with their product, I imagine. Like, I know there's going to be some stuff that'll be a hang-up, but it's it's all solved with money, right? I, I think that this, to be honest, there's a cynical part of me that looks at this Wonder Woman release, and I think it's just for the simple fact that they're sick of holding the finance papers on it. Because that that has got to be mounting up huge a on the back end. It stays on a, on a file share somewhere. In their server, yep. you know, they're not making money. Regardless of yep. how much money they're going to make in a theatrical release, the longer that it stays in the vault, they're losing money daily. So why yep. not negotiate a, 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 um, an agreement with whomever and get it the fuck out there as fast as you can? Yeah, like you have to monetize it. But secondly, like these films cost a lot to make. And these, these movie theater, like these movie production companies... Just don't have two hundred million dollars laying around to go. Oh, yeah, 
you know, they're not George Lucas. They're, they're not able to fund and finance their own project. So that thing is sitting there and they're paying, like they're paying, uh, 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 tax on that. They're paying like interest on that money that they borrowed to make the movie. And the movie's just sitting on a shelf. Yeah. Right. So that's why they need to get it out there because they, they got to pay that money back. Yeah. They got to get this stuff like under control as far as that. And that's where the real costs of, of movies are, are, you know, when a movie flops at the box office, it's not just the fact that, oh, it was a James Cameron movie and it cost $400 million to make in 27 years, you know, of him thinking about it and all this. If it doesn't do well, like he's in real peril, Yep. you know, and that's, and with some of these movies, it's like, that's when Suicide Squad and all these other things, that when they mess it up, it ain't good because now it's like you got to dig in and see if you can get a James Gunn for the sequel. Yep. See if you can reboot this thing and get it viable again because you know there's gold in them there hills. <laughs> so, uh, just a crazy world and it's a lot of stuff that we don't think about because we just want to go to the movies again, you know, and not have to worry about getting Rona. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I see on all this, but. Yeah, I don't know. Good luck to them. Yeah, yeah. You know it's, what I'm saying? And 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 yeah, yeah. It, it's we'll see what happens with this. Um, you know, I'm sure that we're gonna hear more here in Canada about this because of the current situation and the current lockdowns and what's happening. Um, but the the reality of the situation is that if you don't give people a legal option to watch things, well, they're going to find it illegally. Yeah. And a good example of that is Animaniacs, the revival, the reboot, the continuation, whatever you want to call it. It is a Hulu exclusive. We don't have Hulu up here in Canada. So how are people going to watch it, right? Yep. It sucks. It really sucks because... Yep. That- I'd pay money. I'd, I'd probably, you know, start thinking about doing something like having a little fund where I discontinue one service for a couple months, pick up another service, you know, like a Hulu, yeah. binge watch whatever's going to be on there, then dump it back down and go to Disney or whatever, or Netflix. Yeah. You know what? Increasingly, I just don't watch Netflix anymore. Netflix. I don't know what it is, but ever since this whole controversy about them canceling shows, I'm less inclined to take a chance on anything now. Because their original content is just going to get kiboshed. That's exactly of where I'm at. Mercurial way of of how they deal with it. So I'm finding that I'm spending way more time in Disney Plus and all this. Like, there's a new series on Disney Plus, the Six One Six Marvel. Yeah. Like, holy crap, that looks like fun. Yeah. You know, like like that's stuff that interests me. Like, that's yeah. compelling. The stuff that I watch on Netflix are like the video game show. And the toys that made us and, and yep. those type of documentary voiceover nostalgia grabs. Yeah. You know, I'll be excited when He-Man comes out with Kevin Smith, right? Yeah. Like that'll, that'll be something worth tuning into. Yeah. Well, it just Got goes legs. to show you that Netflix is going to have to change their whole uh, model in regards to how they handle productions from other uh, studios, right? Um, yeah. Or they're going to have to like front the cost for their own studio. But the contracts that they have with third-party studios to show um, these shows as Netflix exclusives is just—it's not working out because we've had great shows canceled for no reason. And I'm at the point now where why am I going to invest in a show that's longer than one season, so not a limited series, knowing that it's going to be canceled? So for those of you who do follow our Twitter, when the announcement came out about Assassin's Creed. Um, 
project at Netflix, you know, I was very cynical about it. Uh, so how can you not be like it, it's it's I have zero interest in investing in any Netflix original properties at this point, because I know that they're going to be kiboshes in two or three years, you know? Yep, major dark crystal age of resistance. That's that one hurt a lot because like not not even they didn't even give that one a second season. It was just like one and done. Like come on guys. Yeah. That one really kicked me in the butt. And then balls. something like, like Space I, Force yeah. is getting, you know, a second season. Like I barely Which made it is a good show. Yeah, it's Yeah. Overall it's good. It had its moments. It, yes. Yeah. Yeah, but it wasn't But it had its struggles. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So we'll see. Like it's just like you know, at this point, I'm willing. I'm willing to pay legal prices to watch stuff if it's available and it's not a hassle. But that's mm-hmm. the thing. I feel like here in Canada, it, it it always is a hassle to watch stuff legally. Like there's so many shows um, out there that we just don't have access to, so we have to find creative ways of yeah, watching these shows. To be fair, like we don't get Peacock here, but Showcase picked up a whole bunch of Peacock content. Yep, showcase and airs it over cable. And you W know, like, is going to be showing their yeah. Saved by the Bell revival later this week. Yeah, so there are there are avenues. It's the problem is is that it's not put together well enough that you can immediately identify unless you're watching just regular TV and going, oh look, Brave New World's going to be on. Watch that. Like you know that, that Raised you don't by know. Wolves is on Showcase. Yeah, I know. Like it, it's weird. Yeah, weird. It's just for me. It's kind of like one thing is okay. It's great, and I love the fact that these um, shows are being aired here in Canada. I will support them when I can. But the issue is, is that there's zero advertisement that they are being picked up. Yeah. Um. You know, like the, I just so happen to be. First off, I so happen to still have cable. So second off, I just so happen to be actually using cable and flipping channels when I saw that. Hey. Saved by the Bell Revival on W, late November. So it's kind of like, oh, shit, you know? it's it's They need a better avenue to get the word out there. I don't know what, how, but I just feel like, you know, us consumers, we're not getting the word that these shows are available to us. Or, big time. The other issue is, I want to watch it today. I'm not going to wait like, you know, weeks after the fact to watch something because I could easily stream it. Because it's getting spoiled on the internet. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like people are just going to go instantly to Twitter or Facebook or wherever and start talking about stuff, you know? And it's something that I have a big concern for, for one of our stories that kind of leads into this. And that's that HBO has picked up The Last of Us, Yeah. right? And they're going to have that on HBO Max. How the hell is that going to get into Canada? Is it going to be on Crave? Well, here's the is thing. Is it going to be gonna on be, Showcase? Here's the thing. Is it going to be like? Here's the thing about uh, Last of Us. So HBO's The Last of Us adaptation gets a full series order. Um, so HBO has finally given the green light to the proposed series adaptation of The Last of Us video game. Um, you know, a, a lot of s- rumor innuendo kind of fell silent after it was announced that it was going to go pilot with the network. Um, and this was back in like March. So when the pandemic was really starting to pick up. Uh, so actually hearing something is very good. Um, it was also announced at the show when it is available. It will be available to stream on both HBO Max and HBO. Ooh, okay. 
okay, good. So it's yep. going to go wider, really. Yeah. So the series so we'll will be led by Chernobyl. Yeah. So the series will be led by Chernobyl creator Craig uh, Mazin, with game director Neil Duckman helping to pen the script and executive produce the series. According to a release, Caroline Strauss, Chernobyl, and Game of Thrones are executive producers, along with developer Naughty Dog's Evan Wells and PlayStation Productions' Assad uh, Kislebash and Carter Swan. So there you go. So they have people from Naughty Dog. They have people who are familiar with the product um, and the IP. And then they also have people who understand the TV side of things because Chernobyl, Game of Thrones, those are awesome things to have in your in your uh, on your resume. I've heard good things about those things. <laughs> yeah. So there you I go. Watched Chernobyl, and I was just like, "Oh, this is creepy as shit." Gotta yeah. live through that. <laughs> not, not there, but I yeah. mean, like from through the media, and yeah. whatnot. And I'm like, "That was terrifying." Yeah. <laughs> like cold winter or nuclear winters and all this stuff. Like it really was at the height of the the Cold War nuclear fear. Yep. And yeah, Oof. creepy yep. shit. All right. So, kind of like Netflix. The CW is um, taking a shit, for lack of a better term, on their pro on their DC properties. So you know the Arrowverse, which consisted of Arrow, Supergirl, um, Black Lightning, and other shows like that, and The Flash. Well, ever since Arrow ended and the proposed Black Canary um, spinoff with uh, uh, Oliver Queen's daughter. Uh, we didn't get word whether that show was actually picked up because of the pandemic. So, you know, there's we don't know what's going on. Since then, it was announced that this is going to be the last season for Supergirl. Then they announced that the Arrowverse was being renamed to the CW-verse. Because that makes a lot of sense. Ooh. I know. And then... Earlier this week, it was announced that Black Lightning is coming to an end in season four. So the show or the season that's currently on will be its final season. That sucks. Yeah. Which again, now like, we're we're literally left with um, the new super uh, uh, Clark and Lois, the new Superman show that's coming out next year. Uh, Supergirl will be ending. The Flash is still going on. Black Lightning is ending. You know, we're kind of at that point now where it's like, what's going to happen with this uh, Arrowverse? I refuse to call it yeah. the CWverse. Um, but, you know, it's just... And they like, killed Swamp Thing too, right? Well, yeah. So Swamp Thing was... That's a whole other thing. So that was a part of the DC uh, Universe app. So that was, mm -hmm. uh, and you know, that's the app where Titans and Doom Patrol mm. were all being produced. Also, the Harley Quinn, con uh, the Harley Quinn uh, cartoon, which is uh, sh where she's voiced by Kaylee Cuoco. Um, yeah, it's that's an awesome show for anyone who hasn't watched that. But the issue there was that apparently with Swamp Thing, they were filming in Atlanta or in Georgia, and they didn't get some of the credits. Uh, some of the tax returns, some of the tax credits that they thought mm. they were going to get. So the budget just got blown through the roof. And because of that, the show got axed. Um, but all of those shows are kind of in their own timeline, their own universe. Then you have all the CW shows in their own universe. <laughs> Fucking comics just, you know, making things impossible for the average Joe to follow. 
So there you have it. That was all that was actually re recovered. Uh, we lost about, like I said, about 20 to 30 minutes. I don't even think it was that much of the show. Uh, we did cover kind of a few additional items that we think are important. So we will be uh, likely talking about that during our featured episodes. So just a reminder that later on this week, we will be releasing another episode, which is our review of the S Star Wars Holiday Lego special. Uh, that was a lot of fun to watch, so uh, we'll be talking about that in the upcoming days. We'll also be covering some news items uh, that we did cover already, but we will bring them to you so that you can actually hear them. Because, you know, as always, it's always a fun chat. Uh, so if you want to reach us, you can always reach us at, at It's Canon Podcast. That's our handle pretty much on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter. Uh, you can email us at show at It's Canon Podcast at you can find us on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher, basically anywhere you can find podcasts. If you can't find us, let us know. We'll get on that for a platform. Um, so, you know, this show would not be possible without listeners like you. So when please leave a review, hit the subscribe. Can't thank you enough. That's it, everyone. Thanks so much.